0: Hello and welcome to the Bath Rugby Plug, the rugby podcast by the fans, for the fans, plugging the boys in blue, black and white. My name is Gabriel, I'm back and I'm joined as ever by my good friend and fellow Bath fan, Tom. Tom, lovely to see you again.
1: Good to see you, mate. Nice nice
0: week off? <laughs> lovely, lovely week off, mate. Much needed. Um, yeah, after five seasons, I'll finally let you do one on your own. So, uh, yeah, a bit of responsibility passed your way.
1: I've had Johan van Graan at the start of the season and now Lynn and um, Lin from the Bath Rugby Foundation. So Lynn and Dan. So it's been, I'm more than capable these days, mate, after 150 plus episodes.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I thought you did a fantastic job as well with that one, Tom. Something a little bit different. um, So please do go out and check that out in your feeds if you haven't already. Um, And only about, I'd say, a thousand fans made it to the rescheduled game at Toulon Uh, Not at long against Toulon at King's Home. So we thought we'd have one on. Um, He wasn't there in so much of a fan capacity. We're delighted this week to be joined by Sam Jess. Um, Sam, welcome to the podcast. Hello,
2: thank you very much for having me on. Yeah, it's been a pleasure to be on here now
0: yeah lovely to lovely to have you on before we kind of get into the game and we're obviously going to talk all about that that defeat what that means as we head to Glasgow and then touch on some some international call-ups that have happened this week and one in particular which has raised a few eyebrows before we get into all that Sam why don't you tell us a little bit about your um, Bath fandom and and kind of what you're doing um, from from a work
2: capacity at the moment so yeah, thank you. Um, I was born in Bath and raised a Bath rugby fan, so that's that thing. And then I've always wanted to do sports journalism as like a as I sort of like a work sort of job thing. And then went to the University of Gloucestershire in Cheltenham, so I'm close to Gloucester rugby, the rivals, but I don't don't watch them very often, so don't worry about that. <laughs> and then yeah, so. Um, uh, this year I decided I was going to do like my own sort of articles on my WordPress page, just a bit of practice and kind of do match previews for most bath games this season and it has gone down very well. But along with that, uh, I got a placement this year at Somerset Live online, so I kind of cover most bath games and either do live blogging or do player ratings, which has kind of been like quite a life-changing moment really to be in the press box watching bath and getting my name in the paper every week.
1: Yeah, and it's yeah. Your, um, was it was your first time in the press box at King's Home with the with the, the late change, obviously. You know, we had uh, the return of return of Shrek, Shrek Swamp and uh, yeah, there wasn't even a weir on Pulteney Bridge in Bath. So moved to, to Gloucester. So you made the trip over there, did you, to, to to sit in the press box at King's Home for the first time?
2: Yes, I did. Made the, uh, well, it was quite a long journey because I went home to Bath expecting the game to be on at the wreck and of course it wasn't so i went back up to where i kind of um at uni and went to the king's home and yeah it was the first time there and unfortunately i was um kind of sat right behind the french the toulon fans and they were stood up pretty much the entire game so i had to kind of do my notes standing up which is a bit of a bit of annoying but you know what can you do yeah, massive credit to to those two
0: Long fans as well, sticking around uh, on what have been a pretty crazy weekend from from their Ooh. point of view. Um,
1: and, to, so... and and to Gloucester, to be fair, for everyone everyone there putting it on at you know what was pretty short notice. They they helped us out there, and you know better than most G what it takes to to to, to put on a, a rugby game. So fair play for all those staff and guys at Gloucester for getting it on because we would have we would have had to throw that game otherwise, and we'd be in exactly the same position.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly Sam Under wouldn't have a neck injury and we might, we might be in a better position to go to Glasgow um, Sam just before we get into the game obviously your your preview articles and everything that, that you do are a fantastic read so why don't you give, um, give the listeners an idea of where they can find you on Twitter so that even more people can, can um, read those
2: Right, let's get my Twitter handle up. I always forget it because I always just send people my my like link. But here we go. Whilst second.
1: whilst you do, I'm not sure I want you, you to get this right because I often use your previews as uh, as as notes for the podcast and plagiarise a bit off you without credit, Sam, as well. So um, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be found out after this. But but go ahead.
2: No, it's at Sam underscore Jess two
0: thousand and three. Brilliant. Give Sam a follow on there, and and you'll get all of his previews up there. Let's get into into the game then. Um, and it was uh yeah. Bath had had twenty four hours extra to prepare for this game, but it certainly didn't show uh, the way we started that game. Tom and we we did the New Year's resolutions podcast at the start of the year. And I think you said that we we shouldn't concede within the first five minutes. Um, penalty try, yellow card, 56 seconds in. Quite something.
1: It is. It, my, my New Year's resolution came crashing down. I don't know what I've done better at that or, or dry January. Probably, probably a combination of the two. But yeah, it was shocking. Danny Preso, fantastic jackal off the, the kick-off. Had to, had to get that one in there early and then kick to the corner and looked so easy. Dave Atwood swimming around the side. To make it kind of double Jeopardy. So the penalty try, seven pointer, and Dave Atwood in the bin. And um a really poor start. And again, chasing the game as we have done so many times. So yeah, Europe is 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 off the cards now for that New Year's resolution. It's just the just the premiership left. But based on that, I don't think that will last very long either.
0: Yeah, it was, a, it was a really disappointing start to the game, wasn't it? And Sam, I don't know, and it, it kind of got a little bit worse as well when, when Toulon scored their second try after a pretty poor defensive read from, from Molly Lawrence. Sam, you've watched a lot of Bath games and Bath games in person in particular. I don't know if there's anything that you've noticed that, that can kind of put your finger on why we've been starting so slowly, because it was no different again against Toulon on Sunday at Home.
2: Yeah, it's a tricky one, really, because I do think this season Bath haven't proved. But I think the first 20 minutes always seems like we're just going for a training session. Like at the breakdown in particular, Toulon were just flying through on their attack, and they were just, Bath couldn't slow the game down at all. It's just one of those ones where you feel every first 20 minutes Bath just looks sluggish and like coast over, and suddenly we switch on and then they look quite competitive. But it's just, just sluggish. I don't know what it is, to be honest. Just training at the start of the 20 minutes and then. It's
0: a 60-minute game for Bath these days. Yeah, it was a a 60-minute game and and we kind of finished really badly as well, which, which we'll come on to, Tom. We kind of dug ourselves a little bit of a hole there, 3-12 down. Um, and it just felt to me like we were in in attack, we were able to get to the the 22 and and just around that 22 mark. And it felt similar actually in the game against Exeter on Christmas Eve where we just couldn't quite, once we got there, we didn't have quite the ideas or the penetration or the physicality to get any further. Um, And I think, once we, you know, once we did score, it was a nice break from from Thockenasiaga and, and then quick hands and a grubber. It wasn't from that continuous pressure, but nonetheless, Tom, that that Thuk, uh, that Gallagher try from the Joe break was was a nice try.
1: Yeah, a, a nice try. And I guess b- before getting onto that, you know, the reason we're able to get into those positions is because the set piece held up well. It was the same against Exeter and surprisingly, again against you know, statistically as Miles Ree said, the best scrum in Europe, and we were very very strong threw a couple of penalties in the 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 20 minutes or so following following the try and that just enables you to get in in the right areas you win that middle third the lineout function pretty well until until the end of the game obviously but yeah Joe going to again coming in off his wing looking for work picked up the ball made a nice break showed good acceleration i thought and then a lovely little grubber from from Ollie Lawrence yeah well worked try on the break but i felt in more structured play as you say we were lacking that that cutting edge a little bit when we had ball in hand.
0: Yeah, and from that from that the move which um, kind of led up to uh, the I think it was that led up to the the and the Seager try. Um, Sam Underhill did go off. Um, did go off injured. Uh it, it was it was feared that it was a concussion, but it's mm-hmm. been revealed today by Johan Van Grand that it is, and I say this light, you know, not lightly, it's just a neck injury and it was kind of a, a precaution. So Van Grand seemed happy it wasn't a concussion, which means the neck injury can't be too serious.
1: Well, I and mean, he we were seeing a specialist, wasn't he? You know, we were we were talking not so long ago about will he be able to carry on with the number of concussions that he's had. So yeah, neck injury as an upgrade feels like a strange thing to say but it's it's um concussion at this point for for Sam would put his put his career in in jeopardy right so mm-hmm. hopefully not too serious and we 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 might see him back soon yeah a, a,
0: a slow start from bath Gifted them a couple of tries meant that we were down eight fifteen at half time, gifting them those twelve points, uh, and it kind of stayed like that for for a decent chunk of the second half. What did you make of of how Bath came out of the break, Sam? And um, what what did you think that was lacking in in the performance that meant we we weren't able to to start to claw that back?
2: I think there were definitely improvements up might after the sheds and all the after the halftime talk, but I just feel like. When Bath go through the phases, they're just missing that killer pass, or this killer action. I think Bailey didn't have a good game, obviously, with his missed kicks. And I think he just didn't have his confidence that he usually does. And he just couldn't find the passes to the forwards. And it just took a while for Bath to really get going. And again, it was just passive in attack and defence, really, for a lot of the game. It just, just wasn't very good watch for most of the game, to be honest.
0: It mm. does feel a little bit like they're quite disjointed, doesn't it? they the team as a whole, I feel like we've when we get into those areas, it kind of is either like, right, we're gonna play off Spencer, we're gonna hit Fergus Lee Warner, we're gonna hit Morrisov, we're gonna hit Hill, or we're gonna go right, let's go out the back and let's go wide. There doesn't feel like that that attack in those in those key areas is is joined together and um, kind of working as one. It just seemed like you've got that option, which the defences are kind of able to line up, or you've got the option of, of using Bailey and using the backs. And i just love to see Bailey kind of us try and play off him a little bit more, play off Redpath a little bit more with those forwards and just move that point of attack a little bit to, to try and get defences moving because it just feels quite disjointed and just option A or option B and yeah. neither are really working.
1: Yeah, I, I think it's spot on, and I, I went to watch Saracens Exeter a, a few weeks ago. And one thing that Saracens do incredibly well is that first phase. So that that first runner, in the you know whoever is Ted Hill, um, big forward runner, they'll vary the length of that really well. So sometimes they'll come off a really short, tight angle right by the breakdown, and sometimes it will be a long pass flat to the line, which then whoever it is is able to you know mako whoever is able to get the ball out the back. So you can vary the the point of attack with those those big runners. It seems for us that we'll sort of line up, you know, three four meters away from from Ben Spencer and just wait for the ball and like go from there. So I think we can be just a little bit more varied with that 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 first pass.
0: Mm.
1: I, yeah. I was going to ask you. I was going to ask maybe you, G, uh, You've mm. you've, been, you've been into him both us, but Sam mentioned Bailey and did he miss four kicks in the the game? Was it three or four kicks? I think he missed. Was it a penalty and or two penalties and a conversion? But his mm. kicking's been a little bit hit and miss over the last few weeks, shall we say. He's not looked confident. And you would say what, you know, we obviously all have a preference for him over Piers Francis in attack, but Piers Francis is nailing his kicks. What point do we become a little bit concerned about Bailey from the tee and how that's feeding into his confidence in his wider game?
0: Uh, yeah. At what point do I become concerned? I guess I think I become concerned when we're competing um and the these points really really a lot of hit a lot is hinging on them uh,
1: yeah it is but you could argue that we are competing you know i mean we were we were close against Glasgow. we were three points we yeah. could have we could have equalized that and got the draw if you take out that first penalty try and then the overthrown line out at the end, that's a very very wow. close game and if you add and, and we're competitive for large parts of that game, so I think that we're in these games and I think we it, it could come. Later in the season, at a point where we miss out because of a missed kick, and that's a little bit of a concern because nailing those nailing those kicks is so important in in in, in the Premiership, in both league in, in both cups. I, I guess just what option,
0: is option B going back to Francis, or is option B giving Spencer a go?
1: Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm just saying, at what point at what point does it become become a bit of a concern? Um, and I think I think we're starting to see that, to be honest, at this at, at this point.
0: Yeah, I don't think he played well at all. Um, Bailey on Saturday came off after 55 minutes. And yeah, it does feel like it, it hinges on like one feeds into the other, doesn't it? It's almost like an all-rounder in cricket, right? When when Freddie Flintoff come in and smack 80, he'd then steam in with a new ball and take a couple up top. It just feels like if Bailey's kicking is going well, is his um play seems to be better and if his play is going well his kicking it just kind of all seems to combine in one it does feel like he's a, a real confidence player in that way um for me for me I think I'd still stick with him at at this point um both off the team yeah, yeah. and in the i I'd be concerned that that Van Gran doesn't see it that way and I'll be interested to see what what he does on on Friday night against against Glasgow in, as we'll discuss, looks like a you know a, a a game which we can win and qualify from. Um, Sam, if I was in in your position reporting on the game on Sunday, I think I would have described what happened next by Bath as schoolboy. Um, a tap and go penalty with with some of the the uh, forwards not retreating, um, and a kick through Cheslin Colby outpacing everybody to score under the posts to to make it 825 to Toulon. That was pretty lackluster stuff from Bath.
2: Yeah, it was, and it was like Colby had I been mean, kept pretty quiet all day. Yes, he made like, a couple of mini breaks, but we think, okay, Colby hasn't already got into the game yet. Can we keep it that way? And then just the quick tap penalty from an unnecessary position. Suddenly, they kick ahead and Colby's just racing past. And you think McConaughey, former sevens player, is fast. He looked like he was treading water behind Colby. He just Colby just flew through and that was it. And one like easy mistake and suddenly the game is really getting away from Bath.
1: Mm. Former? Did you mean former England sevens player?
0: Oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> former England sevens player, former England 15s player. Yeah incredible um tom but what what did follow was was two tries in in pretty quick succession from bath uh, gallagher in the corner and then um ted hill from from pretty far out what a spectacular
1: effort that was brilliant isn't it i mean he shows us something new every week he <laughs> he was so industrious as ever so powerful but that pace i mean i know he got a lucky bounce and the you know, the the tillon fullback completely completely messed it up but he was shifting and i don't know to have the confidence to stick it on your boot and chase it up was was brilliant he's he's incredibly dynamic player and yeah lovely try one of the tries of the season maybe when we when when we look back i think he picked it up behind his 40 meter line so yeah i'm sure that gave sam the the couple of thousand people that at king's home uh something something to shout about fantastic fantastic try from him and he continues to be one of the the bright spots of this season i think
2: yeah, went at Kingsham as well. Obviously, you've got to keep neutral in the press box. So it was a little bit of a accidental raw when Ted Hill went over. I will <laughs> will admit to that I just couldn't believe that he had the option of Spencer inside and thinking maybe Spencer can get what pass when and set up a rock in twenty two. And Ted Hill just kept running and then chased that ball. And then if he doesn't chase it with that pace, yes, the too long guy fun was it, but he would get a scrum because his pace. He managed to he managed to pick the ball up and just go under the post. And it was just like. An incredible, and as I said in my report, it's probably the, the loudest ever you've heard. King's home roar for a bath try.
0: <laughs> you well, know, we didn't get much of a chance to roar when we were there last year, so uh, yeah, it was it was nice to uh, nice to have one to roar, roar about at King's home. I'm sure it was it was fantastic, and I was um, watching this game with half an eye on the the Quins rassing game with Finn Russell throwing in. Um, a pretty shocking performance there at fly half uh, for rassing and thinking yeah ted hill ted hill can can make plays like like Finn russell can that was a spectacular spectacular try uh, which actually made it 20-25 with 12 yeah. minutes to go and that's massively game on um and to lose to end up losing 23-35 yeah, is is massively frustrating, Tom. That that we weren't able to to capitalize on on putting ourselves in a really good position, scoring two tries quickly. Um, it was yeah a, a poor last ten minutes.
1: It was exchanged exchanged couple of penalties, but still still five points. And I felt like we we earned it. You know, we we put in a a serious shift, had most of the ball, kicked really well. I thought Spencer and Gallagher controlled territory well, but then. That lineout miss at the end, you mentioned the word schoolboy, and it it really really was. I mean, for a start, I don't understand why you're picking a single pod for that line-out right on your 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 five meter, line. you've got no defence in the lineup if it goes wrong, and it's so easy to forecast for the for the for the for the two attack because obviously they know where they're going, and then to have Will Spencer, a guy that's recently come on and isn't a primary lifter at the front, who slightly misses his lift. But despite that, and Ellis is off balance, he needs to take that. It's it's not Nylanett's fault at all from, from Hooker. And yeah, the, the 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 Toulon flanker behind is just ready to ready to pick it up and dive over. So just really, really frustrating because as we'll come on to, it's a it's a tight league. Well, it's tight at least in sixth place. And you know, these these bonus points are a proving key for that bottom half of the table. Shopping,
0: we're going for a win there, right? Well, we because at that point it's 23 28, right? So at, at that point, we're not trying to do a simple line up there and kick it out and take the bonus point. We're going to try and score 95 meters and win that game. Looking at the table now, Sam, is that does that look to you to be the right decision? Should we have just banged um...
2: the point? It's a it's a tough one because I feel we had a mini break as well with five minutes to go where we had a mini break and France has not on it. France the he would have been probably under the post, so we had the chances to get another try. But yeah, it does feel quite big now because Bath's still on one point, but two points meant that even if everyone else loses and Bath still lose, that would have been pretty much enough to go through. But now we have to rely on points difference if Bath don't get a victory.
1: Either way, as well, if you're going for the win or you're going to stick it out, you need to hit that line out, and well, your accuracy yeah. is so key there.
0: Don't. Yes, yeah, it's, it's a drop ball. It's as simple as that.
1: Drop ball. It's a. It's a poor lift. He's 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 well off balance. Will Spencer misses the lift at the front, but it's yeah. He needs to. He needs to take that, and as I say, that that moment at the end gives them a try. Uh, a, a, a completely being caught cold at the start of the game. Gives them a penalty try, and ultimately, that's that is really the difference. we as you said, we're lackluster for the the Colby try as well, and and uh, a, a caught off guard, a few sort of complete brain farts in in, the, in those three instances, and you know we we, we lose by twelve points, and it's, oh. it's it's not good enough in those those key moments.
0: All four tries are massively avoidable. A lackluster start, a really bad defensive error from Lawrence. Schoolboyness, not retreating ten for the tap and go, and then a missed line out gives them the final try. All four of them are massively avoidable, and 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 that's hugely frustrating, and must be hugely frustrating for for Johan van Grand because that was a decent performance in patches from Bath, as you say, Tom. The the set piece held up pretty nicely. Um, and and we managed to we managed to cross over for three tries of our own but yeah hugely hugely disappointing not to come away with anything from from the game especially then guys as we look ahead to the table um and look ahead to glasgow on friday night tom i know you are going to this game I'm unfortunately unable to attend and, and I don't want to talk too much about it because I'm extremely jealous that you're going to be there. And of all the games that we've been on tour together for, we've never really been fighting for anything. But despite only having one point from three games, are fighting for something because of the farce that is Pool A in the European Challenge Cup where... A team on one point is currently in qualification stage. Now, that is currently Perpignan, who are sixth in the league. Six will qualify from Pool A, which we are in. Six will qualify from Pool B. Four will drop down from the Champions Cup, making a round of 16. We are behind Perpignan, also on one match point, only by points difference. And we're only actually behind them by one point on points difference, which means if we better their results and they're playing Bristol away, we will qualify, provided our result is not considerably bettered by either Zebra, Newcastle or Brieve, who are also on one point, Brieve are actually on zero points, towards the bottom end of Pool A. So if we beat Glasgow by more of a score than Perpignan... If Perpignan beat Bristol by more of a score than that, or if Perpignan lose, we should qualify, which is quite frankly ridiculous when when you consider the the performance that we've shown in this competition. Tom, that must make the trip to Glasgow on Friday even more exciting.
1: Well, sixth is the wooden spoon in another competition that we that we like and that's coming up soon. This would feel like the strangest wooden spoon if we're able to. To, to scrape through this pool. I mean, as you say, like one and a half of the table completely, completely dominating. But yeah, we're in it. And you know, you've got to be in it for win it. We will be going up to the the Scottson. Please uh, keep an eye out on our social media. We're gonna try and find a pub or something. I know friend of the podcast, Tom Dabinett's heading up as well. So we're gonna we're gonna try and try and meet up. But it's on. And you know, it it's it's a short turnaround. Glasgow are in very, very good form, seven from seven in the last in all competitions and but when they came down to the wreck as I I said it was a close game it felt like it was two fairly well matched sides set piece it was a hard arm wrestle we chose not to go to points and it ended up 22 19 to Glasgow so very very close in that game and we could have the cavalry back G and 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 Sam you know I was I was checking the injury report that was released just before Christmas and the following guys were all touted as being, uh, you know, available towards the back end of January. Yaka Kutzia, Hamer Webb, Jonathan Joseph, Josh McNally, Benno Abano, Quinn Roo and Mike Williams. So, you know, Jürgen van Graan mentioned in his interview that it is a short turnaround, obviously Sunday to Friday. We then have Sale who are in great form in the premiership and we need to keep our eye on the premiership with the league being so close. But we might have some key guys returning from from injury. So it'll be interesting to see. I don't know if you guys have got any thoughts on what Bath do selection-wise, but I think with qualification on the cards, you throw as much as you can at this.
2: Yeah, I think it's an interesting one, though, because um, Glasgow are in such fine form and Bath's record on 4G pitches isn't great. So that could play a factor into it and also the short turnaround. I would like to see some of those players that haven't played in the first team or the, the said first team for a while. Uh, I think Tom de Glam will maybe put them at full back and Gallagher to win something that just to mix it up a bit. I think the team is coming quite predictable at the moment with the same sort of players and you know what's going to happen, which is good for like connectivity, but I think a bit of variety gives some of those players a go because if Bar flees, they can still go through, which is bizarre. So I think give some
1: new face new faces a go this weekend. And Sam, I yeah. saw, I saw, I saw a tweet from you, which I really enjoyed. And so I'll let you, I'll let you reveal. But you, you figured out when our last win in Europe, in European competitions. I see you getting up on your phone, so I'll, I'll, I'll get it up. But it was the win against Wasps at the Rake, eighteen sixteen, on the twelfth of January, twenty nineteen. So we've not been <laughs> in fine form in this competition, <laughs> but I will go into. I'll go. You're into, all right. Probably. Probably have about <laughs> 10 Tenants Lagers and, and, and back us for the win.
2: Yeah, so oh, that was our last incredible. Cup win. Yeah, because we've had the we had the when we win the Champions Cup and played Scarlets in the Covid season and lost that game, they scrapped the games for the COVID and we played in the Challenge Cup and beat Zebra and Irish in the knockout games. But our last pool win was that Wasp game, so we've lost a lot of pool games since
1: then. Mm. Yeah, last pool win. Oh, right? last pool game. Fair
0: enough. Last pool win. I'll say we got to that fi- uh, semi-final against Montpellier. The dream run that we uh, that we balled up. But yeah, it's um, yeah, I mean I don't suppose we go in with with too much kind of confidence when you look at the form books as you say sam glasgow are, are in fantastic form and, and bath just aren't at the moment but, but still if i'm Johan van grand i'm personally going at this all guns blazing with a with a full strength side hoping to bring back a couple of a couple of um people from the injury reports you say tom because yeah it It's like last season, right, when we were in the the Champions Cup and we dropped down and suddenly we had this last 16 game against Glasgow, funnily enough, that was this opportunity to do something in the Challenge Cup. And needless to say, we balls that up. But, you know, this is an opportunity to actually go... Like, these teams, Toulon are probably one of the favourites to win this. Toulon and Glasgow are probably one of the favourites to win this whole competition. And we've not been that far off them. So I am optimistic, but... I do think it's an opportunity to actually do something. So go and win this game. Go and go and win this game, Johan. What Don't
1: I would say though, really- we've 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 we, we were close to them both at home, but we were Toulon battered us in Toulon, and our away form has been particularly poor. I think it'll be interesting to see what Glasgow do. Right, I mean, they've already qualified. They've they've had a fair run of fixtures back to back. How are they thinking about selection? I was looking at their fixtures to come though and they've got a game the following week on the Saturday and then a 20 day break before their next URC game so I don't know I think maybe they will just decide to to get this European game one put out a decent strength side and then they'll have three weeks to rest so I think a lot will come down to kind of who they who they put out and who we have available Sam Underhill a big name that you mentioned he he will be out Josh Bayless was ill as well for the game Miles Reed came in late but I think Chris Colurta has looked quite good off the bench, so he'll, he'll come back into that, that back row in, in, in place of Underhill. Other than that, I wouldn't change a huge amount, assuming that none of those guys, Abano, McNally in particular, are back and available. I'm not sure I would either, but but I think
0: listening to Johan's press press conference today, it sounds like he's certainly got one eye on sale and also one eye on the short turnaround. So fascinating squad selection and a fascinating game, Tom, which we shall be watching up at Glasgow. Conscious that we're running a little bit short of time, we've mentioned some names there that have been on the cusp and in and around squads international squads Um, but none no England players no Bath players excuse me in the England squad for the first time in a long time Sam what was your reaction when when Steve Borthwick named his first England squad earlier this week
2: so I put a tweet out and I got quite a bit of reaction from some fans who believe that Bath are nowhere near the squad and comparing Ted Hill to Ben L so Ted Hill I think is one of the players that should be in there. a lot of people came back saying Ted Hill's no Ben out. And I'm thinking, yeah, I know that, but I think Ted Hill has been better than some of the flankers he's picked, like Lewis Ludlam for Northampton has not been in the better form this season. So I'm just thinking, just look at the names. I think Ted Hill should definitely be in the England squad.
0: Yeah, not too not too frustrated myself, uh, given some of the, the injuries and and things that have been picked up by Bath players in, in previous England squads. I think it is important to mention that Will Stewart would almost certainly be in that squad if it, if it wasn't for injury and, and, and perhaps some underhill too, if it wasn't for um, an extended break.
1: I think Big Joe as well. I mean, his club form this season has been pretty good. I think we've seen him steadily improve and he's somewhere back to where he was. But I do think for England in the autumn he he was poor and looked exposed. So I, I don't think he can have too many complaints. I do think Ollie Lawrence in a position group where it's not the strongest for England and he's been in some some great form. Manu, I think less so. I think he would have been in with a chance. But as we always say, we're Bath fans first. So so pleased to see those guys in. I guess the only guy that was selected, the the newly selected for the for the for the organisation was Steve Borthwick himself. Obviously, ex-Bath for, for ten years, nearly 250 appearances, captained us to our last bit of silverware. So you say, should say, congratulations to to Steve on that. But that's about that is probably scraping the barrel a little bit.
0: Yeah, and Leicester's form immediately after his sacking, well, his sacking, sorry, him leaving was, uh, yeah, something nice for for Bath fans. And something nice for Bath fans, I guess, is three Bath players in the Scotland squad, Bayless and Redpath, we've become accustomed to. Um, but the incredible inclusion of Rory McConaughey, who, if he plays, is set to become only the second player in history to play for two uh, home nations. Jesse Marsh did it twice in 1889 um yeah in my mind makes a farce of the eligibility rules we're not going to get into all that but but personally delighted for for McConaughey who who should take this opportunity absolutely um given the 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 rules and yeah he's unfortunately a little way off the England squad um so delighted for him to be back in 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 international reckoning because yeah Tom we know he's he's just an unbelievable player and 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 first and foremost an unbelievable bloke so delighted for him despite what what I and and many may think of the the rules that have allowed him him to do so um please Rory if you are listening and still do listening don't score at Twickenham
1: (laughs) well Darcy Graham's not available so he's he he may be all set (laughs) to play in that game which would be be interesting you know he's a he's a he's a real 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 nice bloke um um I'm, I'm pleased for him he's barely played he's had four starts this season only two starts last season and no tries but we know how good he can be in particularly in the lead up to to that world cup when he's when he's firing it does feel weird weird i mean a generous co-host on this podcast bought me some rory mcconaughey hit from that 2019 world cup so it's going to be strange seeing him run out in in the in the blue and tartan but all the best to him. He is a he. he, he, he uh, you know he's he, he needs to make a living, and he um and yeah. Wish him all the best for that. Through gritted yeah, Sa-
0: Sam, thank you very very much for joining us, Tom. Through gritted Chief, have a f- brilliant time in Glasgow. If you're going, stick behind Tom. Stick behind the boys through thick and thin.